greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Hello and welcome back to uh, Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, uh, Keith McKenzie. Uh, today we're up to uh, session five. Day six is on deck. That's Genesis chapter one, verses 25 through 26. So if you have your Bibles, let's go and open up our Bibles and we'll take this uh, to the throne room and uh, just bring this uh, before the Lord in prayer. It's really important to understand that every time that we uh, study God's Word or just read it, you know, what you really want to do is you want to ask God to give you an understanding of what you're reading. And uh, so He communicates spirit to spirit. Okay, so let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, giving us your word. I thank you, Lord, that you've uh, given us uh, all things freely by your grace. So we ask, Lord, that you would uh, bless this time, bless this study in your word, and help us to uh, be better uh, with our understanding and, and to think more like you do. And help us because your word is a lamp under our feet. And we give you thanks and praise. And we pray, Father, that you would be honored and glorified in this study. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles, uh, let's go ahead and open up to uh, Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be starting off today is day 6 in the creation. And to quickly recap... Uh, what we've been establishing is faith, believing and taking God at his word, and that will become abundantly evident by the time we get to Genesis chapter 3. And uh, so we'll see how much ground we can cover today. And uh, let's go ahead and dig right in and see what we got for us today. All right. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. All right. And we're actually here, we're in verse 24, all right? It says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle, creeping thing, and the beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind and God saw that it was good. Uh, did you happen to see some repetition in there on the word kind? God, he doesn't waste words, but what he wants to do right here is he's impressing on us, okay, this is that they are made, these, these three um, classes of creatures on the earth here in day six, okay, God is saying he made the creeping thing according to its kind, the cattle according to its kind, and, and you know, we, we, we just have God over and over and over here, he says the beast, the cattle, and the creeping thing are each according to their kind. In those two short verses, he mentions it, what, four, five times? the word kind. And what that is, if you remember from our prior studies, what we have is um, God um, 
communicated that he made this after its kind, the seed according to its kind. It's because what, what he's impressing upon us by his Holy Spirit, because God already knows the end from the beginning. All right? So he, by the Holy Spirit, and this is what always amazes me, and one of the things that I love about God's Word, is that the Holy Spirit has anticipated every error, every lie, and every falsehood that would come against his word, all right? And one of the, the falsehoods and the ideas of evolution, okay, is that we're evolving from, you know, one uh, source, you know, whether you subscribe to macro evolution or whatever, even if it's theistic evolution, which means that God used evolution to bring uh, things to where they are now. And those are all wrong. They're all false. God very specifically says seeds according to their kind, fish according to their kind. Here we have cattle creeping things and the beasts according to their kind. Okay? And if you under any, understand anything about DNA structure, okay, even in the, the, the movie um, Jurassic Park, there was a scene where the, uh, they were showing how they were making these dinosaurs, and they would show the DNA molecule. And this molecule, even according to uh, Jurassic Park, which was an evolutionary uh, propaganda film, okay, uh, I enjoyed it, but the, the part about it saying that, you know, man, you know, proceeded from here and grew and grew and grew and, and went through all these stages is betrayed when they get to this DNA molecule, they say that it's a blueprint. And anybody who's ever worked with blueprints or done anything with any type of design, uh, what you have is you have incredible amount of information. And DNA, okay, is a three out of four uh, self-correcting um, digital code. The more you look at it, <laughs> the more awesome it really is. And um, so what God is stating here, okay, is that he's made everything according to its kind. So there's specific species. You're not going to have cats and dogs. They, they, it, they don't go together. That's a kind and that's a kind, okay? And he's done it with the creeping things, the cattle, and, and those type of things. But I, I don't want to get too much on that today. But um, just want you to know and be sensitive that um, God's Holy Spirit has superintended his word to such a point that, you know, he's already anticipated uh, the falsehoods that would come down the road. And um, things uh, like evolution basically is, uh, has God set. Okay, God is the only one who was at creation, okay, and now we're up to day six, okay, and we're talking about the land animals here, and um, what it is is um, the, um, the creeping things are, are, are creatures that are, that are low, down on the ground. They creep along, okay? How many varieties that is, I'm not really sure. It's not really pertinent to this particular study. Okay, then the uh, cattle and the, uh, those type of things would be uh, probably 
meaning more or less domesticated animals, animals that um, would be useful with uh, man, you know, um, all kinds of creatures. And the beasts would be not so domesticated. They would be more of the savage uh, variety that man and, uh, you know, beasts wouldn't want to get together. I think that's the, the uh, implication that's being uh, communicated here through these three different kinds of uh, uh, creatures that the, the Lord made here on day six. Okay, but what we want to do is we want to keep um, moving on and uh, hopefully we beat that uh, thing there. But between verses 21 through, you know, 25 in those four verses, God uses the word kind seven times. So he's definitely communicating a truth there that we want to uh, get because he doesn't waste words. So we have here... Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male, and female he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. There it is. He's repeating this. And it says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and of every tree whose fruit yields seed. If you remember that back from back a couple of uh, sessions ago. And then it says, They shall be food for you. All right, and it says, and also to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given them every green herb for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Up to this point, he said everything was good. Now God is saying everything is very good because this is he's completing his his uh, creation here on the sixth day and it's so evening and morning were the sixth day that's that Erev and Boker that we'd already discussed all right there's actually a lot in there in just that portion that we read so we're going to back up a little bit and see some of the things that God is introducing because you remember Genesis means origins so we have all these origins and what I want you to get in, in, in our study is an appreciation for God's word, all right? And I want you to understand that Genesis um, is germane in a seed-like form that um, once it's, it's, it's planted here in this Genesis 1 through 11 study, what we have is, is you're going to see, okay, as we get into the subsequent chapters, how it just opens up like this, this beautiful flower that we're going to see open up. And it's been called um, the seed plot of the Bible because what we have here is God is telling us all of creation, okay, right here in, in Genesis chapter 1, all right? 
and then he'll expand on that. He'll go back and we'll look at the life in the garden uh, in, in Genesis chapter 2, all right, and also day 7. Um, so let's go ahead and look at um, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. All right? Notice right there, three times it says, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. That's three plural references to saying God said. All right? So what's, what's this plurality? This is the introduction, okay, of the Trinity. Okay? You're going to see that all the important doctrines and teachings, okay, that are in the Bible are all going to be linked and found here in Genesis chapters 1 through 11. Now, right here, God has introduced himself, and, and God in Hebrew is Elohim. Elohim is plural, all right? So what God is communicating here is that he is, you know, the, the Shema in uh, Deuteronomy that, that we get, it says, Hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one, one God, Ikad, one. And, but what we find is every time God uses uh, his name Elohim, it's technically, grammatically incorrect unless you understand that God is communicating that it is uh, unity through plurality. Like, I, my body has many members, which is what the church of Jesus Christ is described as, is being one, yet we have many members, okay? And this is a concept. I don't want you to stumble over this. I don't want you to get hung up on this. Um, it's easier to teach what the Trinity is not, all right? There's a lot of uh, misunderstandings about the Trinity, there's uh, people out there um, that say it's, it's pagan. There are pagan uh, trinities out there. Now, in the future, what we're going to do is, you know, God willing, we will begin to show and study um, different doctrines that we introduce in this series. The Trinity being one of those major uh, doctrines, but what I want you to know is that the the very beginning of the Bible, okay, in the beginning God created, all right, the heaven and the earth. That is in the Hebrew. That is seven words, okay, and in that is the Trinity. Now you're going to have to. I want you to finish this entire series, but we're going to show you some things. And we're going we're gonna to show you through Isaiah and, and the other prophets and the New Testament and stuff. We will tie this together. But this is, I just want you to see here that this is where the uh, doctrine of the uh, Trinity is uh, introduced. And so um, let's, let's look at it a little bit more. And it says, um, well... Why don't we do this? Let's bounce over, okay, and just take a quick look over at Hebrews uh, chapter 1. And the author of Hebrews, when he was communicating 
okay, to the uh, church at that time, he's talking about the various ways that God had communicated in the uh, past uh, to uh, uh, man through the prophets and, uh, you know, the, the, the various uh, methods. So what we'll do is we'll go, I'll just, I'll just read it, and it says um, Hebrews chapter 1, God's supreme revelation, okay? It says chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, Okay, and that's the Trinity. I want you to see Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as revealed in Scripture. Okay, and it says, and, and so I want you to understand that um, you don't have to get a handle so much on, on the doctrine of the Trinity. But what it does is once you begin to get an understanding of, of the Trinity, um, seeming contradictions that are in the Bible go away when you understand uh, some of the things. And we'll take a quick look at some of these things right here in uh, Hebrews. Okay? And it says, um, Who in these last days has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he has made the worlds. Notice that that's, that's that the creation is now being attributed to the Son. Okay? Through whom he made the worlds. Okay, and it says, uh, who being the brightness of his glory, that means God's glory, and the, and the express image of his person. So what he's saying right here is that, that Jesus is the express image of God. Okay, that's like my sons, they look like me. They, you know, you'll, you'll hear that all the time. Boy, you look just like your dad. Okay, that's kind of what's being communicated here. And it says... Um, he is the, the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, that's Jesus, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. So he's saying that this, this Jesus here, he's saying, is, is more excellent than the angels. And the Jehovah Witnesses teach that, that Jesus is Michael the Archangel. And I want you to pay attention here as we read this because this, this just blows us out of the water. It says, For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is none. none nobody. He never said that. So it can't be Michael. All right? That's what I mean by God's Holy Spirit anticipates Every single era. That's why it's important to study our Bible and to let it be our guide, not institutions, not even me. I want you to study your Bible for yourself. I want you to know these things for yourself inside and out. Okay? Jesus told us not to be deceived. And the only way that that's going to happen is by getting to know your word. And so I commend you to the grace of God to Study your Bible, and, and His Holy Spirit will teach you, okay? So let's go down, and it says, and again, okay, second half of verse 5, says, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Now, can you see that how this Trinity type of thing, if you don't 
understand, don't worry about it. We'll get into this in a little more depth when we just look at this in, in full. But it says in verse 6, But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. Well, wait a minute. The Bible says in other places that we're not supposed to worship anybody but God. But here it's saying, let all the angels of God worship him, speaking of Jesus, who's being revealed. This is God's supreme revelation, that God the creator came into the earth, took on the form of a man, a servant, and, and, and it even says that, that Jesus humbled himself even to the death of the cross. All right? I'm sure that Satan never anticipated that all right and then it says um and to the angels he says remember this is not michael okay who who makes his angels spirits and ministers as a flame of fire but to the son he says your throne O god is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness of your kingdom you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So I could, I could keep going here, and we could, we could beat this like a tom-tom. But he says, but to the Son, okay, says, your throne, O God, is forever. And that's actually quoting out of Psalm 45, verse 6, I believe. And it says... Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And, and down a little further, it says, Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. Now, what is going on? If you don't understand the Trinity, this is actually, in Psalm 2, also is a communication uh, between the Trinity, speaking to each other, their counsel. All right? But anyway, let's go back. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this thing. I want to, want to keep moving right along. But once you're done with the Genesis 1 through 11 study, there's going to be a, a follow-up study, which is called Doctrine. So we will do a Doctrine 101, where we will uh, go over the essentials of uh, Christian doctrine. But then at that point, what we will do is we will go ahead and we will expand on some of these doctrines, especially the crucial ones. All right. So anyway, we have, this is the introduction of the Trinity. Back to verse 26, chapter 1 of Genesis. Uh, just to review so we get some continuity here. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay, a couple of things right there. What is God's image and likeness? We are created in his image and in his likeness and that is also a trichotomy. That's also uh, another trinity because God has revealed himself to us in a trinity. So we are um, part of our makeup and the likeness of it is that we have a trichotomy also. We're body, soul, and spirit. All right? Now there's a lot that's right there in, just in that statement alone. But I just want you to know that, that God in, in his creation 
of man, okay? Even our, our entire creation is, um, can be broken down into, into trinities. Um, space, height, width, and depth, all right? Time, we have past, present, and future. Everything that God has made and, and what we have is, can be related to a, a trinity of itself. And, and that's how God has decided to um, show us that. And, but anyway, here we have day six, all right, the earth and everything. And you'll, you'll notice that there's been a logical sequence of God's preparation of the earth to receive its ultimate recipient, okay? And, and it's an interesting thing to note that, you know, when God created the vegetation and stuff like that, and if you understand the photosynthesis process, that um, the, 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 um, what's going on in, in plant cells and stuff is that when they, they have this photosynthesis going on, uh, the chlorophyll and everything like that, that plants give off oxygen. That's one of the byproducts. They give off a glucose and they give off oxygen. That oxygen would be needed by the animals, which were introduced here in day six. The animals give off carbon dioxide, which is what the plants need. Okay? So God's ecosystem and everything he has is perfectly tuned and balanced at this point. Without the animals, eventually the plants are going to die and without the uh, you know plants eventually the animals will die so you'll see that there's this this cohesiveness right here and the next thing we want to bring up here is um, you know that when when God created man okay we can't under uh, score this too much that part of um, the difference between man okay and um, all the other creatures is that we have the ability to reason, okay? We, we can take abstract uh, thought processes and, and, and things like that, emotion, you know, our mind and our will and our emotion. We have all these things going on which evolution has no answer for. It's because that is something that God has given us. And in Ecclesiastes, um, the, uh, Solomon says that God has put eternity in our hearts. So everyone innately knows, and, and Romans chapter 1 uh, discusses this too, that, that creation by itself declares the glory of God. And that's, that's it's just a, a way of saying the knowledge of God. And to, and to look at that and, and to say, it is ascribed to a random process uh, when you really begin to look at it and see how how these things work together okay in the systems and our our ecosystem our our uh, hydration system you know the way that the you know the water uh, circulates uh, and keeps everything going it's just mind-boggling that, that brilliant scientific minds, because they, they don't want to believe in a God, they don't want to be held accountable, okay, which is what uh, Romans chapter 1 basically discusses, is that they become willingly ignorant of the facts. 
So you need to know what the facts are. That's why we commend to you those, those sites out there like uh, www.icr.org. They do great work with scientists, real scientists, but they just look at the evidence from uh, a biblical viewpoint. Okay? And um, now we want to bring up this, this idea of dominion that God gave uh, man dominion. Okay? Dominion means ruler. All right? So when God gave dominion to man, man was, you know, to rule over the earth. And, and that was the original intent. God gave that to man. God prepared the planet. He, he made everything, everything that's in there. And, and, and then he put man there, and then he gave him rulership over this. And by the time we get to Genesis chapter 3, everything goes bad. So when we get there, we will talk about that. But I just wanted to introduce to you dominion, okay? That's rulership. So we will get back to that over in uh, Genesis chapter 3. Here I am. Take the cool, touch my lips. Here I am. 